Welcome back to the Facts About PAX podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NAPAC's Executive Director, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, David Schild from Three River Strategies and the one and only Adam Belmar. And today, we are here to share some important facts right out of the PAC Manager's Almanac. Michaela, what does the good book say about opportunities and risks during the upcoming lame duck session where we might see a transition to a new majority in Congress? Stick around and get your 60-day PAC Manager Forecast Plus. We'll run down the end-of-cycle two-minute drill for PAC professionals. The Facts About PACs is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by Access Marketing Services. From design to podcasts, from infographics to digital, work with the team that leading PACs and government affairs programs call when they need results. Access Marketing Services. Thanks, Adam, and thanks to Access Marketing Services. Okay, we're here. This is episode 99, hard to believe. And we're a pitch and a putt away from the election day as we record this conversation, David Schild. We don't have to wait for the polls to close. Americans have voted, and this is the number one pack podcast. I think this is going to be really exciting, Michaela. We have the potential to see a change in the control of the Congress next week. Episode 100 of this show is going to be recorded in front of a live audience at NADPAC's famous post-election conference. And, um, you know, we say this and it almost sounds cliche, but it's a very exciting time to be in this business, to be in this field. And uh, Election Day is sort of like the Super Bowl if you're in political engagement as a profession. And yet, as PAC professionals, especially those listening to the number one PAC podcast in America, some of the most important work to complete in 2022 is still to be done. Absolutely, Adam. This is actually, I mean, as as David said at the top of the show, this is kind of our Super Bowl, but it doesn't end on Election Day. Our work is probably never really done, right, David? So what are the big ticket items PAC managers contend with in the immediate post-election period? Wow. You know, less than a week till the election, less than, what, 58 days until the end of 2022. I can't believe I'm saying that. And there's really so much to be done. Um, Maybe we should go in chronological order. If you talk about election night, which I think, again, is probably what so many people in this profession have been working to towards, excuse me, for two years, this is something where you are really connecting the efforts of your political action committee with what happens at the ballot box, right? We're out there to support the candidate who shares our views on critical issues, and this is when we get to see if those investments, if those gestures of support actually mean something. So I always think election night festivities are a good idea. Um, You know, I think it's a good idea to encourage your members to connect to what's happening at the ballot box. Of course, we want everybody to vote and GOTV programs are often a part of a PAC manager's uh, plan for the month of November, especially in an election year. But what about having a scorecard that you can follow along with at home? And then As we're staying up late and we're watching our favorite pundits and we're starting to count votes and polls are starting to close, what is our day after? What is our week after? What is our month after communications plan? I think it's absolutely important that any PAC professionals say, look, this is the consequential event that I have been talking about to my members for two years. We need a what does it mean to you? What did we as a team accomplish 
last night. I think that that is so important, right? This isn't just about, did I get bingo on my card? Did the guy, the team I was rooting for win? Because it's individuals, right? It's just champions who support our business issues, the things that make them and us aligned. So the question really becomes for that communication, I would think, is why does this matter? It's just so critically important to connect the dollars that you're collecting to real outcomes. And I'm not talking about, hey, we got this person elected, right? When somebody wins, we all take credit. When somebody loses, we point the finger at somebody else. No, I think what it is is saying, hey, our champions, the people that we talked about, here are the ones that are going to be returning to Congress. Perhaps here are the ones that are going from the House to the Senate. Perhaps here are the ones that are retiring. Perhaps it's important to talk about, you know, this person is going to be elevated to a role as a committee chair. These are the things that actually impact our members, and we've got to talk about it. I also think it's important to remember that you are expected to be the political expert within your organization. Often PAC professionals work around lobbyists, they work around the government relations, the communications functions, but guess what? You're the face of the organization. You're expected to be a bit of a guru on this front. And so I think it's important to say to your members, look, we're a political organization. Let me tell you what happened in politics that affects you on election night. I really think you got to demonstrate that expertise and people are hungry for it, right? People are looking for trusted news sources. Well, guess what? You are one. Well, and contrary to what we all hear, I mean, our employees, especially the ones that take the time to be engaged, to give to the PAC, to be, you know, uh, a leader in the organization, uh, they're interested in the results. They want to understand what happens. So I think closing that loop is so important. But also, David, you know, I think some of the work does actually begin because maybe there were some candidates that for whatever reason you decided to not support. Uh, Maybe it was an open race and you have bylaws that say we don't engage in open races or challenger races, but there may be some candidates that win uh, on election night and will have some debt at the end. And this is an opportunity really for PACs and organizations to get a jump on developing some of those relationships. Any thoughts uh, from your experience on debt retirement? Yeah. Debt retirement is absolutely a tool that I think most mature PACs need to consider, right? It's a good reason to maybe not spend down to zero by election day, as I know is the philosophy of some organizations. But uh, folks are going to come in, often folks who are in competitive races, and they're going to have a mountain of debt. And one way, if you identify with those candidates to, I think, get in on the ground floor, as it were, is to engage in some debt retirement spending. Now, that's not a conversation you should be having in late October, right? Or early November. That should be part of your strategic plan at the beginning of the cycle. But certainly uh, having some money set aside to be able to do that and generate relationships is absolutely you know, very important. And, and this kind of leads into just general planning for the 118th Congress, right? The time to start thinking about the next election, candidly, is the day after the last election. And especially when you are looking at a candidate field that is hundreds of candidates deep. That's only if you're involved at the federal level. It could be thousands of candidates. If you're getting into state races as well, you've really got to start that evaluation and planning process probably in the fall. Uh, I understand that for a lot of folks, federally focused things like assignment uh, to various committees, things like assignment to leadership roles, that's got to be shaken out right before we can put our final budget, before we can put our final plan together. But I don't think it's ever too soon to start thinking about this kind of stuff. And um you know, what goes right along with that, I think, your PAC financial planning, your PAC strategic planning is your operational planning, right? This is the time where our operational budgets get finalized. What's it going to cost to run your PAC for the next year, for the next cycle? 
Do you have the resources that you need? Have you gotten all of that money fenced off so that you can do all the things you need to do to run the organization? I think this is a great downtime, if you will, uh, to make sure that all that stuff is locked in. Yeah, you know, we've been fielding a lot of calls about a number of different vendors. Um, I think folks are starting to really think through their operational plans for next year. Uh, you know, you kind of see between November and January, you may be beefing up your compliance, you may need to hire a different vendor to process your checks, like there's a lot of that sort of, you know, planning that you need to be thinking of in addition to furthering some of those relationships. But also we've got, you know, an opportunity to meet the new players that are going to be coming in. And if prognosticators are right, we're going to have a lot of new bosses coming in next year. And this entire ecosystem of people who work on substantive issues and support members of Congress in a really the point of interface for the government relations teams that we are all largely a part of, that is concurrently happening as the planning is going on for the next cycle and the priorities are being fully thought through and looking at the people and where they stand and where they sit, as David said, we'll all have to shake out. I do think as a storyteller, though, as I look into the almanac, I think about all of the other little things that some of our institutions can do to help document some of the good that we do beyond the election. And I'm thinking specifically, Michaela, about an episode we did recently on Pack Match. When people are able to see those dollars going out the door and making a difference, and you're able to capture the gratitude both from the recipients and the people who are donors to your pack who are able to bring that money forward and put it on target for yet another priority. You know, I think, Adam, this is just such a great connection to something that is sort of in the air, right? When the leaves start to fall <laughs> and the pumpkin spice starts to get added to the lattes, it's it's thank you season. It's It's a time to be thankful and to appreciate what we have. And that extends to our members. It also extends, I think, to programs like Matching Gift. But boy, oh boy, you know, uh, this is a reflective time of the year for people, especially after an election. We're going to look back. We're going to try to look back at what we accomplished. You know, I'm a big proponent of making gratitude the attitude of making sure you say thank you on a regular basis. And again, do not discover the act of thank you notes uh, on Halloween, but you need to be planning, you know, I would say in the third quarter for what you're going to do before the end of the year. And this is the time when charities that receive those matching gift monies are going to send out their acknowledgments. Yeah, I think, you know, we can't stress enough that, you know, making sure you do take the time to thank uh, not just your donors, but your executive management team and everyone that has come in and and given you a full, you know, support of the programs that you're you're operating but it is this dual track, you know, we, we've, there's a lot of work ahead of us, especially if both chambers have a change in control. Um, and we're going into another, you know, very contentious is the word, uh, you know, presidential election uh, on the heels of this. So lots to think about, lots to do on both tracks. Hey, David, uh, I have been pulling together a little bit of technology, a little bit of gear, thinking about taping this podcast, episode 100 in front of a live audience. Um, I haven't been out live in the world. We, I mean, it's no secret that we do this remotely. This is the way the world operates. People don't usually sit in a studio to tape a podcast. How pumped are you to be doing this in person for the first time? Uh, I will tell you that um, two-dimensional Adam just doesn't communicate the energy, <laughs> the enthusiasm. Uh, I've had enough virtual fun. I'm I'm willing to go live 
uh, and in person for this sort of thing. And I think it's going to be great. I For those who are listening who don't already know, and you're probably already packing your Hawaiian shirt, the conference that Michaela and her team have put together, the gathering of really the best of the best in the industry with extremely strong content, wonderful guest speakers. I just think this is the event. And because it's the post-election conference, right? Because we don't get to do it every year, it's it's extra special. The idea that when we're all together celebrating what the industry has accomplished and sharing best practices and looking forward to all the great stuff that we're going to do over the next 24 months, the idea that we could just put a cherry on top of the frosting on top of the cupcake with this podcast. You know, what's not to like? Well, thanks, Dave. And this is really our opportunity as an organization to also thank our members, thank our sponsors. We get to come together at the end of uh, every election, this conference. But at the same time, the meat of the conference is looking ahead. Where are we going from here? There's still so much work to be done as an organization, as the Trade Association for PAC Professionals. So we're excited to celebrate, but also look forward. Well, there you have it, Facts Faithful, your 60-day pack manager's forecast and a playbook for your two-minute drill. From the team at NAVPAC and all of us at the Facts About Packs podcast, get out there and vote. Subscribe and meet us right back here for episode 100 on the Facts About Packs podcast.